0: I'm Mike Brilla, host of the Inspired Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Our civic history, our Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Reconstruction Amendments, all of that make up who we are as a nation. And you don't have to love everything about our nation's history to appreciate that it's a part of who we are today. Um, And so I think it's just so critically important for understanding the body politic today, who you are as a citizen, if you want to start to envision yourself as having a role in the body politic, it all relies on that Civic inheritance, the same way that you as a person, right, have been shaped and formed by your genetic and familial inheritance.
0: Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Julie Silverbrook. Julie is the Senior Director of Partnerships and Constitutional Scholar in Residence at iCivics. Our focus is National Civics Day, the importance of civics education, and iCivics. Oh, this is so cool. So much to learn today. You're going to love this, and uh, you're going to learn a lot, too. Nice. Uh, by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, StephenMiletto.com, slash reviews, and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steven Miletto.
1: Teaching, learning, leading K-12, teaching, learning, leading K-12, teaching,
0: learning, leading K-12, ah, ah, with Dot Steve, Maletto. Julie Silverbrook serves as Senior Director of Partnerships and Constitutional Scholar in Residence at iCivics. She served as Executive Director of the Constitutional Sources Project, CONSOURCE, in Washington, D.C. from 2012 through 2020. She regularly writes and lectures on the United States Constitution and its history and the importance of civic education to the health of the American Republic. Julie has nearly a decade of experience in growth projects for nonprofit organizations, cultivating partnerships, fundraising, coalition building, and business development and management. She holds a JD from William & Mary Law School, where she received the National Association of Women Lawyers Award and the Thurgood Marshall Award and served as a senior articles editor on the William & Mary Bill of Rights Journal. She graduated summa cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa from the George Washington University with a BA in political science. Upon graduation, she was awarded the GW Columbian College of Arts and Sciences Distinguished Scholar Award, the highest academic award given to a student in the Arts and Sciences College. About iCivics iCivics is a nonprofit organization working to inspire lifelong civic engagement. By providing high-quality and engaging civics resources and advocating for civic education through its Civics Now Coalition of 295 organizational members, founded by Justice Sandra Day O'Connor to develop free educational video games and lessons that teach young Americans to be knowledgeable, curious, and engaged in civic life, iCivics is the country's largest provider of civic education content and is currently used by up to 145,000 educators and 9 million students annually. All of its resources are free, nonpartisan, and available online at iCivics.org. Julie, thanks so much for being on the show today. Say hi to everyone.
1: Hi, my pleasure to be here with you.
0: Well, glad to have you here. And, uh, you know, the day that we're recording this episode is October 27th, which is National Civics Day. Could you talk about what this is and what type of events are happening today?
1: Sure. National Civics Day uh, coincides with the anniversary of the publication of the first Federalist paper. Uh, The Federalist Papers, famously written by Alexander Hamilton of Broadway fame, as we all know, uh, James Madison and John Jay. Um, And those uh, uh, newspaper broadsides were first published um, and circulated in an attempt to get the United States Constitution, which was signed on September 17, 1787, uh, ratified by the states, uh, they have since become basically an explainer on the Constitution, and so many people um, from U.S. Supreme Court justices down to uh, K-12 civic and history educators and students look to the Federalist Papers as a guide. Um, lots of exciting uh, events happening on Na- National Civics Day. I just wrapped up a, a, a panel discussion that was hosted by Long Island University, to celebrate National Civics Day. Earlier this morning, um, iCivics partnered with Nickelodeon, Paramount and Attention uh, to launch a a new series of um, videos that are animated and have um, popular or sort of pop music in them uh, that appeal to students uh, ages two to 11. The idea is to kind of create the modern day Schoolhouse Rock. Um, And that launched this morning in Philadelphia uh, in the um, Independence Hall Visitor Center, uh, where um, First Lady Jill Biden provided remarks and former First Lady Laura Bush uh, provided a virtual uh, set of remarks as well. So there's lots of activity happening. iCivics really pleased to be involved in a number of exciting uh, National Civics Day celebrations.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I appreciate you talking about that. And, you know, um, I got to say this. So uh, a new schoolhouse rock. Huh? So we're going to have something uh, um, in a modern version of like, uh, I'm just a bill, just, I'm just you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: Capitol Hill, Yeah. So um, <laughs> the series is called well-versed. Uh, you can find it online at icivics, uh, dot org. Um And so uh, we encourage Uh, Folks, to to reach out, but it it is really targeted toward um, our youngest uh, Americans um, and really starting to build that foundational knowledge and excitement for civics and history at the earliest ages.
0: Very cool. That that is awesome. Uh, So, why is understanding of our civic history so important for young Americans? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So, I always uh, talk about this um, through the lens of the Um, intense interest that people have, um, in understanding their own uh, genetic uh, inheritance, their own ancestry. So, ancestry.com, 23andMe, uh, these uh, uh, programs are like hugely popular amongst people because they want to fundamentally understand what makes me who I am, right? Civic history, our Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, the US Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Reconstruction Amendments, all of that, right, make up who we are as a nation, right? And you don't have to love everything about our nation's history to appreciate that it's a part of who we are today, right? Um, And so I think it's just so critically important for understanding the body politic today, who you are as a citizen, if you want to start to envision yourself as having a role in the body politic, it all relies on that civic inheritance, the same way that you as a person, right, have been shaped and formed by your genetic and familial inheritance. Um, And so I always analogize those things when I try to explain to people Why is this important? Because people can understand on the personal level, sometimes harder conceptually, um, on the sort of citizen level, the the political level, why this is so critically important. And the founders of our nation understood that why this is important. Uh, George Washington in his first inaugural address said that the American experiment in self-government relied almost exclusively uh, on what was uh, entrusted in the hands of the American people. Um, and so he understood that our citizenry needed to be educated. Uh, and they needed to have a means to meaningfully engage in their communities. um, and really, you know, that can be anything from helping your neighbor shovel their driveway so they can get to a doctor's appointment. That's civic engagement to running for elected office that's civic engagement um and so really understanding what your role is and what your role can be is so critically important
0: i love that the uh it is so important but so much so and i think that uh you know too often there's other things that take a a higher level of importance whether it's the latest whatever fill in the gap of whatever pop thing is current um that uh, you know, is out there on the media or whatever type of social media or whatever that is. And I, I think that uh, whatever we can do to find that, that little thing that will grab their attention to say, hey, pay attention to this. This is good. Um,
1: and that's the premise behind iCivics. That's why uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, when she retired from the Supreme Court, despite the fact that she had never played a video game, She went and talked to some very uh, smart people at Stanford University about the efficacy of video games. And she said, this is a way to meet young people where they are, to provide something fun that they want to do, right? And while they're doing it, they're learning about civics. And we hear this anecdotally from um, students, parents, and teachers all the time. Students who go and play our games, even though it's not assigned to them. Parents who are playing games with students. Uh, because it's fun and it's engaging. Um, And so she used to say, it's not your grandmother's civics. And I think that's so important. Meet people where they are um, and come up with a fun and engaging way uh, to get people excited to learn more.
0: Very cool. But By the way, I got to make sure I say this. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I saw on your list of people that were attending today or participating, um, wasn't Tweed Roosevelt in there?
1: In Long Island University, yep, I, I des- and actually a number of descendants of former presidents were on an uh, early, uh, earlier panel discussion um, at Long Island University talking about the importance of civic and historical knowledge and, you know, talking about how their the members of their family who served um, as president um, always saw that as something that was really critically important um and so much so that their families are carrying forward that uh that message so there's a descendant of James Monroe there um so you're talking about many many generations um since he was president um of the United States and and the that family remains committed um to ma- ensuring that uh, our nations uh young people especially uh are fully civically informed
0: that's so cool it's it's um neat because I, I when I saw some of the participants and you see all these I mean the the generations that that lead back to whoever that president was was uh, cool and a few years ago I, I started taking a couple of these free classes with tweed from um, that he did online dealing um, one of them had to do specifically with um, Teddy Roosevelt and his trips down the Amazon and uh, and as well as others other stories that he told but it's very cool that uh, um, that you have these descendants who are participating in that celebration today, nice. All right, so how can we help people better understand the text, history, and continuing relevance of each major section of the Constitution? I mean, you know, thinking about through efforts such as I Civics, the Constitution Explained, that that segment of it. What What do you think? What What
1: yeah, helps? Uh, so we developed a thirty-five part short form video series. The videos are all about two to four minutes. They're animated. I uh, they're designed to convey a lot of knowledge in a short period of time that break down the text history and continuing relevance of the US Constitution. And again, that's using a form of media that is really compelling uh, to people across the the learning spectrum from our youngest learners to uh, adults uh, who are scrolling online uh, and uh, or they're on uh, YouTube, so these videos are not only available on iCivics.org; they're also available uh, via YouTube. Um, and so, uh, again, it's it's trying to convey this information um, in short segments, because uh, we you know based on research, like two to four minutes is about the amount of time you can capture someone's attention <laughs> on a particular topic, um, and present it in a what we think is a is a compelling and entertaining way, um, but also that really packs an informative um, punch. So it's it's a great series. Um, check it out if you're interested. Again, it's on icivics.org, or you can find it um, on YouTube. Um, and it's really it's for people who don't want to take an hour long course on each piece of the of the Constitution, who really kind of want to get that general powerful overview um, and get a, a real sense and, and flavor of um, each piece of the constitution. And then from there, you can decide where you want to do a deeper dive, or if you want to do a deeper dive. But the goal is really to convey some basic knowledge. Uh, but the And I also think it's really important to say, um, with both our games and with these kinds of short form videos, we really see these as gateways to deeper civic knowledge. So we do hope if you watch the video or you play one of our video games, you are inspired to go and learn more. Uh, but if you do not feel that inspiration, we're very glad that you are getting some baseline knowledge by um, watching or playing those games.
0: Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about it. We're going to come back to the, the games and technology in just a minute, but... Uh, uh, Talk about how our current education system is not really addressing the needs of students and understanding, you know, and grasping civic education. I mean, how could it do it better? What what do you think?
1: I think, um, you know, over the course of the last um, at least 50 years, um, we have seen um, the gradual erosion of classroom time devoted to civics. Um, And so I think something that's critically important to address is we're just not devoting enough classroom time and resources for young people to learn about this. And because you're talking about five or more generations of uh, uh, Americans who have been educated in a system that has de-emphasized civic education, despite the fact that the original vision of public schooling as as um, conceived by our founders was citizen preparation, um, that these generations themselves don't know as much as they need to know about civics. So We need to increase classroom time. We need to increase resources for the use of innovative learning tools within the classroom for students. And importantly, we need to have professional development, professional learning opportunities for civic educators to address the gaps that they have in their own civic knowledge, because they themselves went through a system where there weren't that many classes on civics, and then they're not actually required to take civics. If you know, te- most teachers go on to higher education um, in most states, although that's not the case in every state. They're not required to take a civics or history course uh, in uh, in college, and so. Um, really wanting to make sure that everyone who is involved in the civic education ecosystem has the resources, tools and knowledge they need to be successful. So that is something that's very, very important uh, to us here at iCivics.
0: I can, I can understand this, you know, this is, uh, it, it is something that is um, sorely lacking and, uh, we have to work on how to, how to get that be, to come part of the fabric again. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, I think is, uh, fascinating let's go back to the technology and the the gaming and all of that because obviously that's designed to create interest in uh, um, in what they're doing you know to, to not make it something you know i'm sorry as a former history teacher one of the first things a, a kid says to you is do i have to know this and why do i need to know this and is this on the test <laughs> and you're like now stop it that's not history is more fun and more in, interesting and engaging than any of that and uh you know but that's usually the first questions uh civics was similar so talk about just a little bit about that you know you were going there with the iCivics technology and the the gaming stuff that's going on what's it look like what's what's that uh yeah,
1: that experience it, like it, it puts the student at the center of the civic experience or the historical experience and it makes it very real and personal Uh, for those young people. Uh, And so, uh, again, you know, we're about to uh, enter a big presidential election year in 2024. And our win the White House game is hugely popular, not just with the K through 12 students who we uh, work with um, every single day and and their teachers who we work with every day, but also with the general population learning how do you get the requisite number of electoral college votes and it like it appeals to and I think this is why um gaming part of the reason why it's effective is it sort of like appeals to your competitive nature because you're like oh I want to win the right house right <laughs> um or you know I want to get the most points and so um in a way um it it makes something fun that To your points, even, you know, a lot of times people are like, this is like dry rote memorization of facts. Like, well, you're actually getting facts and um, core knowledge as well as some civic skills and dispositions and values through these games. But you don't realize as a student that that's what's happening to you. You think you're just playing a game and it's compelling to you for that reason. And you're actually acquiring um, the knowledge, skills and dispositions as you go through Um, The game, but again, it's an entry point. There's only so much you can do in 30 minutes of gameplay um, in terms of conveying core knowledge. Um, And so we have, uh, uh, we basically um, provide to educators who are using the games in the classroom um, what we call a game sandwich. So it's material before they play the game. So they have some contextual information to make the gameplay more meaningful. And then kind of debrief materials after the game where you can really sort of consolidate the knowledge um, that was transmitted through uh, the gameplay. And that's really, really important for getting that knowledge encoded um, into uh, the the student brain. But we routinely hear from young people now that iCivics has been around for a little while saying like, oh my goodness, like I loved my civics class because I played your games. Um, and, uh, you know, that's incredibly gratifying for us. I should also say, well, we have, have many games and we continue to develop new games. We also have a range of other resources, simulations, lesson plans, videos, all sorts of resources to reach educators and students where they are.
0: Very cool. That is awesome. This, you know, it's a, and, and, and that's a, Big part about it, because you know, I, I would think that some kids, as they approach a game, might worry that they don't know enough or have enough background. And I, and I, it kind of sounds like uh, there's not you don't need to have like, like this huge background in civics to be able to um, do well at this.
1: No, you could play it cold, um, and you know, not have that kind of pre-class um, experience with it with an educator. Um, we do think the games are most meaningful. Um, when you have that before and after educational experience, but you could certainly learn plenty on your own.
0: Excellent, love it. The, uh, you know, let's talk about this. I mean, how does a student get to use iCivics? I mean, is this marketed to schools or school systems, or is it something that can be addressed to parents and students, or do they just have to find it online?
1: So um, we work with um, about 145,000 uh, educators actively use. Our uh, resources every year. It's the primary vehicle for reaching the 9 million students we reach um, with our resources every year. Uh, But iCivics is also free for anyone, uh, including parents and young people uh, who want to play our games or access our resources outside of the classroom. Um, So while we primarily market to educators and to schools, um, we uh, are fully open. Uh, for parents and students as well, and encourage those groups to um, come to our website to learn more.
0: Excellent, love it. The uh, you know, one of the things that this era is going to be marked by um, is the divisiveness that's been going on over the last bunch of years and continues to. How can how do you think civic education can help bring bring us together?
1: Yeah, um, you know, one thing. I just want to say is that, um, political polarization has existed, uh, as long as, uh, human beings have been, uh, convening together, (laughs) we'll put it that way. So one is yes, political polarization is a pathology in our body politic, um, but uh, it's almost like an embedded pathology, right? Anytime you bring human beings together, they are going to disagree. Why civics is so important is because our system of government is truly founded on an essential number of compromises in order to bring the country together to move forward. Every time this country has leapt forward, it has been because people were willing to set aside their differences, compromise, and move forward, right? And so I think um, you have to look at both of those things as embedded features, right? And you want compromise to be the thing that overcomes the very human nature instinct to disagree and to operate in your own self-interest. And so for people to understand our civics and our history, is to understand that sometimes we still operate in our own self-interest that's why there's sort of checks and balances in our system of government but those checks and balances are designed to driving people to the negotiating table to compromise to find a path forward um and i think when you understand that right and that becomes a core value for you which requires that you understand our history in order to get to uh, to arrive that as a value, um, then I think you will have, hopefully, um, citizens and leaders who are more inclined um, in that direction, right? The same way as if you're being raised in a family that uh, siblings fight with each other, right? So if you have parents who encourage you to find some kind of compromise point where all of the siblings gave up something but got something in return, you'll have a family with more harmony than a set of parents that just says, fight it out amongst yourselves, (laughs) excuse me, and see how it goes. Right. I mean, so when you drive it down to that level, I think it makes more sense to people. Right. It's like harmony in the home is a value. Harmony in the body politic is a value, but in order for that to be a value, you have to understand why that has, um, merit and why it's been a key part of human progress, progress toward more freedom, more equality uh for all. Um and so that's why teaching this stuff is so critically important.
0: You know, it's it is f- interesting because uh you know, we we went through a couple of went through a decade where uh a president and his brother were and uh, a very powerful uh, um leader for uh bringing us together, all three of them were assassinated and uh you know and you go back in back in time a little further and there were uh, you know <laughs> lawmakers battling it out actually duking it out you know in uh, the chambers and uh and uh knocking the, the senses out of each other you know it's it is something that happens um in the time to time as they try to kind of work together human
1: nature. You know? that's human nature right, <laughs> right. And some people some people have better self-control yeah. than others and uh, you know um while there is a history of uh violence in congress and a uh, wonderful historian joanne freeman uh, has documented that uh th- there's also uh, a much larger history of people choosing not to engage in violence um, in order to put forward a, uh, political, uh, agenda, um, and choosing not to duel. Right. And so, um, it, very important to emphasize that as well. So I know, um, you know, when I, there's, um, you know, violence and, uh, fighting can be sexy and interesting to people. Um, and when there's all smooth sailing, that's sort of less interesting. Right. Um, but if you are for functionality in government, I'm much more interested in the fact that if you look over the course of our history, there's much less fighting than there is fighting.
0: Which is a good thing. <laughs> just, just like them to find that again. you know, It's like, <laughs> can, can we get there again somehow? That's uh, uh, But that is a good reminder, very good reminder. I mean, because there, there's, uh, um, I have a uncle who's, Not fondly remembering, but uh, does remember a time when he was warned by his father not to drive a certain way through, uh, uh, to get home from downtown Chicago because there were people firing across this expressway at each other. Um, So uh, at least we're not there yet. You know, it's like, or at least we calmed down some of that. I don't know. Um, But uh,
1: We, we, the people, get to choose who our elected leaders are, and if you value compromise as the best way in a constitutional democracy to push forward freedom and equality, then you will want to elect people who are committed to compromise and not committed to sound bites and partisan talking points and the the fights and the social media soundbites and all of that kind of stuff. And again Understanding that history that that's essential to how our system of self-government must work helps people realize that, like oh maybe I kind of don't want that guy I think he he was like super snarky and that was funny to watch on YouTube I'm probably not going to vote for him because I don't think that's this or her because I dispositionally I don't think that's what's best uh, to achieve the end results that we as a as a society hope for
0: it's it's so important to understand uh i mean at some point really understanding our our history and why the how the government was put together and why it was put together and what it allows us what tools it allows us as opposed to there's so many uh, nations that are in the news right now that uh, do not have access to um the freedoms that we have in this country that unfortunately allow us to fight with one another too um but uh um, it, it is fascinating. I, I, all right. So, you know, unfortunately, it's too late for this year <laughs> because we're talking on National Civics Day. Um, but, uh, you know, share a few thoughts about why students, parents, schools should participate in National Civics Day and seek to use iCivics because obviously it comes around each year, right?
1: Um. So I think there are a couple of really core civic Uh, holidays throughout the year. So on September 17th, it's National Constitution Day. October 27th is um, National Civics Day. July 4th um, is obviously Independence Day. Um, And then many people don't know that December 15th marks the ratification of the amendments that came to be known as the Bill of Rights and is known as Bill of Rights Day. Um, And so I would just encourage you to use those civic holidays Use those days off, Veterans Day, you know, all of those, uh, Memorial Day, all of those opportunities to learn more about the system of government that we have in this country, learn more about our history, learn more about the sacrifices that various people have made throughout our nation's history to ensure that we have uh, the liberties that we have. Today and it will just it, I think motivate you to have a greater appreciation for the fact that you live in a country where there is relative peace. Uh, you live in a country where, for most people, there is clean running water and plumbing, um, and electricity and air conditioning, um, and uh, where you can dissent, where you can go pump, you can go protest. Um, without fear of being arrested or killed. Um, And so I think in order to fully appreciate those things, you need to learn about our our system of government and you need to learn about our history. I hope you do it 365 days a year, but if you don't, please use these civic holidays as an opportunity uh, to to do that. Um, I would hope that educators as well as parents um, and young people are inspired to do that. iCivics.org is um, online every day of the year. Um, So come check us out anytime. Um, But if you feel inspired to celebrate one of these civic holidays, definitely come um, and see us. Uh, We're either launching or uh, promoting our most popular resources on these civic holidays. Uh, So we hope people will, will take this as just an opportunity to have some focal points throughout the year to think about where they fit into the body politic and how they can get themselves more informed.
0: Very nice. And, uh, you know, as we're getting close to finish up before I go on with a couple questions that I have, there's just some general questions. Um, If someone to reach out to you or, or um, connect with you and, or learn more, where would you send them?
1: Go to iCivics.org, go to the team page and all of my contact information is there.
0: Awesome. And I'll put that information in the show notes so it's easy for them to find and uh, get in touch with you. So good stuff. So Julie, just a couple more questions that I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. How do you overcome feeling like you want to quit or give up?
1: Oh, that's so hard. Um, you know, I'm, um, an eternal optimist. Um, and so I, I'm just designed that way. I was raised that way. Um, and so I, I, um, it's hard, it's hard for me to find myself in a, a moment of despair where I want to quit or give up. But if I ever find myself feeling like this just isn't worth it, um, you know, I, we're never going to make the, the kind of progress that we want to make. Um, I tend to think about like the bigger picture, the greater good, the common good. And that usually overcomes any inertia um, that I'm feeling. Or sometimes you can say, this path that I chose to achieve my goal is not an effective path. Rather than quitting, you could say, what are the other paths that I could take? Um, and does that uh, will one of those paths potentially be more fruitful for me? So I t- try and try to think um, in in those sorts of uh, directions. And then sometimes something that you're working on isn't working. And so you have to say, I'm gonna abandon, this effort and take on a new one um which i think will be more effective and that's not quitting that's learning from failure
0: nice i like that awesome awesome and and just a note all you got to do is look at your your bio and someone understand that yeah i don't think quit is part of your vocabulary so <laughs> you've achieved quite a bit so kudos on that too but that thank you so much for that answer that's awesome yeah, i like that uh, uh, last question do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life if so who was it what would you say if you had the chance to say thank you
1: um so i have two um one was my middle school social studies teacher um rich lochran and he um was such an innovative teacher and the other was my AP US history teacher, Trudy Chapman. And um, I say thank you to them almost every year because I'm so grateful for them uh, to uh, inspire me for, uh, to have the love that I have for civics and history um, and for that to carry with me throughout my time in higher education um, and into my career. And I also wanna thank my parents because parents are educators too, first and foremost. Um, And my parents um, instilled in me and my siblings a deep love um, of our nation's history um, and um, a deep appreciation for why being actively engaged in our communities at various levels is so important, um, not only for enriching our own lives, um, but enriching the lives of everyone around us.
0: That is cool. Love it. Thanks so much. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for sharing about National Civics Day, Understanding Civics, and iCivics. Awesome focus. Wishing you the best in all you do.
1: Thanks so much, Steve.
0: Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcast by educators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and host. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmuleto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.